Summer League has continued to ramp up as more players have been making names for themselves. I review some of the best performances from this past week, plus Jeannie Buss' article on NBA.com, some pretty exciting baseball news, and the latest trade rumors surrounding KD, Kyrie, and Donovan Mitchell? It's all coming up now on this episode of the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. What's good, everyone? It's Jordan Becker, the now and host of the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. We have so much to get into today, so let's jump right in. First up, the usual Summer League review, uh, beginning with the notable performances from Tuesday, July 12th. Benedict Matherin shined for the Pacers once again at 20 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals. Uh, Santi Aldama broke out for the Grizzlies, my goodness. 31 points on 12 of 14 shooting from the field, 9 rebounds, and 3 blocks. Wednesday, it was the Keegan Murray Show once again. Murray had 29 points, 7 rebounds, 4 steals. What else is new? Sandro Mamou Kalashvili. And I thought my last name was hard to pronounce. Sandro had 18 points, 15 rebounds, and 4 assists for the Milwaukee Bucks. Bryce McGowans, the 40th pick in the 2022 draft, despite being a first-round talent, put up 24 points and five of six on 5 of 6 shooting from 3. And Matt Mitchell from the Nuggets had 17 points on 6 of 12 shooting from the field, 5 of 10 from 3, with 6 rebounds, 3 steals, or 3 assists, and 2 steals. And yesterday, the Hawks' Tyson Etienne was the hero as he made the game-winning layup and a clutch deflection in an 87-86 win over the Spurs. He finished with 21 points and 2 steals. J.D. Davison, the Celtics' two-way guard, is proving he's worthy of a full-time roster spot. Davison had 28 points on 9 of 14 shooting from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, and a perfect 6 of 6 from the free throw line. He also had 10 assists, 5 boards, and 3 steals. Miles McBride showing out for the New York Knicks. He had 23 points and 5 assists yesterday. And Keon Johnson for the Blazers had 25 points with 5 threes. Yesterday, Mark Medina published a Q&A with Lakers Governor Jeannie Buss, giving us all insight into what the leader of one of the most prominent franchises is thinking. On the current roster, Jeannie said, quote, After last season, it was clear that we needed to make changes, because we didn't make the playoffs. Darvin and Rob can talk better about building of the roster, but it's very thought out and purposeful on how they're going to put together a roster that is going to play the way that Darvin Ham wants to play. She's also aware of and disappointed with the outcome of last season, but is committed to making things right. She said that it, was, it wasn't acceptable, and quote, We have to get better. Hopefully injuries will not devastate us the way they did this past season. We've made significant changes but we're operating in a salary cap system, so there are not a lot of tools that we have to make changes to our roster. As time goes on, you do your best. That's what what our basketball operations is doing. She still has full confidence in the basketball operations staff, but she also implied that she'd make changes to, quote, provide provide the Laker fans with the product that they're used to seeing. Uh, She also briefly touched on the possibility of a major deal down the line, saying that, quote, nothing would surprise me, and that they're not making changes for the sake of change. Uh, It has to be good, and uh, basketball decisions that help us now and won't compromise our ability to deal in the future. So definitely thinking of uh, not just the rumored major trades that could go down, but also uh, not giving up so many assets that you essentially can't make trades 
in uh, in the middle of the season or in next offseason. Uh, Jeannie also touched on the fact that she has a collaborative leadership style and emphasized how important it is for others to have a voice. But at the end of the day, she's the one in charge. She reiterated advice that her father, Jerry Buss, gave her, quote, uh, saying, well, quoting him, basically, saying, what do they say about absolute power? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, she has consulted with Phil Jackson and Magic Johnson, even though they don't necessarily have jobs with the Lakers anymore. And uh, she also shed light about the tweet about Kobe a few days ago, saying that the tweet, the purpose of that tweet was to lighten her load and to make her not feel alone. And speaking of which, Buzz said that the Kobe statue should be done in the right way and at the right time. And the last notable thing here from uh, Jeannie's interview was about LeBron and Clutch Sports, saying, quote, I have relationships with all players and all the agents. It just seems that people want to focus on that relationship. He's the most important voice on our team and our league. So overall, a great interview from Jeannie. From Jeannie. Uh, great content from uh, Mark Medina. And uh, hopefully this uh, assuages some concerns that Laker fans have had throughout the course of last season and particularly in this offseason. And moving on to a little bit of baseball news. For starters, the Orioles have really turned it around. They're currently on a nine-game win streak and sit at 42-42. and 42. It's their longest win streak since, get this, 1999. CBS Sports said, quote, The Orioles are now the just the second major league team ever to lose 110 or more games one season and then have at least a nine-game win streak the following year. Speaking of turning things around, the Dodgers are really the comeback kids. Matthew Moreno tweeted a few days ago, that the Dodgers have a 66.7 winning percentage when falling behind by five or more runs this week. The boys in blue are currently 57 and 30, and Mookie Betts is currently fourth in the NL MVP race. He's had 12 home runs in June and an on-base and slugging percentage of 1.157. Brooks Smith of Dodgers Nation said that, quote, if he were able to pull it off and win this year, he would become just the second player ever to win one in both leagues. So history potentially on the rise for Mookie, but you can't discount the uh, team across the freeway. An angel certainly making history this week. Shohei Otani is the first player since Nolan Ryan to record 10 or more strikeouts in four consecutive games. Wow. Last thing here, Bleacher Report released uh, hitter rankings yesterday, and the list is as follows. At number 10, you have Bryce Harper from the Phillies. He's batting 353 in his last 15 games and 318 for the season. He's one of the league's best sluggers so far at 59 at 599. Uh, Austin Riley from the Braves is at number nine. He's batting 330 with 16 homers so far. Mookie Betts sits at number eight on this list. He slid down from the number one spot last time around. He just returned from a fractured rib as well, so his stats are pretty much down as a result of that. At number seven, we have Manny Machado from the Padres. He's batting 305 at the moment. Number six, we have Mike Trout from the Angels. He's at 24 homers so far in 2022. Bleach Report had him as a B-plus in plate discipline, including five hit-by-pitches. Trout has walked, struck out, or homered 50.6% of the time. At number five, you have Aaron Judge from the Yankees. He's uh, he's uh, gone down to earth a little bit. 
He's been batting at 200 since uh, June 13, but could still be on pace for 60 home runs in a single season since uh, Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa broke that in 2001. Number four, you have Jose Ramirez from the Guardians. He fell from the second spot from last time around, but has consistently batted in the 280 to 320 range for the last couple of months. Number three, you have Rafael Devers from the Red Sox. He jumped from number nine and is batting 326 so far. He has 19 homers and 27 doubles. Number two, Jordan Alvarez from the Houston Asterisks, <clears throat> Astros. Excuse me. Uh, Bleach Report said, quote, In 34 games played since May 29th, he's hitting 377 with 14 home runs. He's also slugging at 653. And number one, this might be a surprise for some, but Paul Goldschmidt takes that spot from the Cardinals. He's hitting 333 this season and is one home run away from 300. Keep in mind the, guard, the Cardinals play tonight at 515. So that's the latest in the baseball world. Moving on to the DeAndre Ayton drama, the Pacers had offered Ayton a record-breaking four-year, $133 million offer sheet, the largest one in NBA history. In a time when we all thought Ayton would be gone from Phoenix, the Suns matched it soon after, so he's staying in the Valley for now. He also has the right to veto any trade he's in for the next year and can't be traded until January 15th. The relationship between Aiden and the Suns had turned sour after their second round exit to the Mavericks, but could it be on the mend or will Aiden be traded soon? We'll have to wait and see. And finally, the latest on Donovan Mitchell and other trade rumors from around the association. On Tuesday, Woj reported that the Jazz were listening to offers for Donovan Mitchell days after trading Rudy Gobert. The Knicks have jumped at the chance to get him as the two have been linked for quite some time. Now the main question with all this, with Jalen Brunson as the point guard, and keep in mind he's supposed to be the guy now, does it really make sense for New York to go all out and trade for Donovan Mitchell as well? The Knicks have the assets to pursue a trade if they want to, but they may be better off building around Brunson, Barrett, and Randall. If they wanted to trade for Mitchell, the possibilities are endless. I have an article about the whole situation, and these are two of the trades that I put together. The first one, I have the Knicks trading Randall, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, and three future first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. Keep in mind, this deal also works without Obi. The second one, uh, I have the Knicks trading Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, two 2023 firsts, and two pick swaps in 2025 and 2028 for Donovan Mitchell. And I know it's a lot, but the Knicks have to make a move with those picks somehow. There's also a trade that involves R.J. Barrett to Utah, but you'll have to read my article for that, and it'll be linked in the description below. And the latest on the whole KD and Kyrie situation? Still nothing. The Raptors, Heat, and Suns could still be in play for KD, while the Suns aren't anymore, given uh, that they just signed DeAndre Ayton, or re-signed him, rather. And the Kyrie situation is still very much in limbo for now. Woj reported that both sides, meaning the Lakers and the Nets, quote, know where they stand on a deal. But... In my view, I think the uh, KD trade happens first before any Kyrie trade, and uh, that is going to take a while. It could drag out maybe into the beginning of training camp. You never know. And that'll do it for this episode of the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. See you guys on Monday. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, be well, peace. Peace.